everybody, it's Christine here again with the Unknown Humans Remain True Crime Podcast. We are on episode 30, case number 28. Cannot believe it. Uh, we have a long way to go though. I logged in on the NAMAS database today and we are at 14,504, I believe. So we've jumped uh, at least 100 a hundred plus since I first started this not too long ago. It's good and bad. We are getting more cases in the system, but we still have so many unidentified humans, so many folks that don't have answers. This case is from California on October 22nd, 1930. Let's check that case out. All right, so we're here in the NAMAS database. Uh, those of you that are watching online can see here that we have uh, somewhat of an image. So uh, just making note of that, if any of you are squeamish, um, I'm just looking at this for the first time like you guys are. Um, and let's see what we can do for this gentleman. So this says that we've got a male white Caucasian the body was found October 22nd, 1930. It says Vertimont uh, with San Bernardino, California in parentheses. I'm not sure right now if that's a city or it, it, it used to be called that and it became San Bernardino. Uh, we'll see this. And this gentleman is estimated to be 55 to 65 years of age at the time he passed on. We have a medical examiner case number. And again, he's listed going at the demographics as a white male, pre-70, estimated age 55 to 65, estimated year of death 1930, and the um, interim here, it says minutes. Uh, he's estimated to be 5'8", 180 pounds. The circumstances say... He's a, an unidentified deceased. Again, the October 22nd, 1931, or October 22nd, 1930, and the NAMAS case was created June 30th, 2011. So that's 70, 80, if my math is correct, is that 81, 81 years to get the case in the system? 81 years, crazy? Yeah, because we're almost at a hundred years from when the crime happened blows my mind. Okay. So it says here, uh, the location is Vertimont, uh, San Bernardino in parentheses, California, San Bernardino County. And the circumstances, it says deceased was walking on the highway near Vertimont and was struck by truck and instantly killed. This occurred in 1930 and deceased was approximately 60 year old, typo, year old at the time of death, which was 70 year ago. Nothing new with the entries here into NAMIS. Okay, so it looks like this male was walking on the highway and was struck, it says by a truck. Who knows it was a truck? Maybe somebody saw it. I don't know. Um, it occurred in 1930 
and they think he was 60 years old. And that's, they've given it a range of 55 to 65 years. It says all parts are recovered and there is a recognizable face. The physical description, the hair color is gray or partially gray. The head hair is median. M-E-D-I-U-N for those of you that are listening. Uh, facial hair is a beard and the left and right eye color is hazel. And it says there's no other distinctive physical features and no clothing listed, although I would hope that this gentleman was wearing clothing at the time. And under images, we do have, uh, I'm not going to go much further here uh, because of where I believe that this photo was taken, um, but we do have a partial, um, we do have a pretty good um, facial image here. Uh, kind of from an angle of the individual more than likely taken at the medical examiner's office. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that there. And let's look at the map and see what we can find on this Vertemont. It doesn't even really give us the highway here. And it looks like it's going here into the the city. We just had another one. I think the last one was in San Bernardino also, right? Um, I don't know where Vertimon is. So it looks like it is where the pin is. And we don't know if this, oh, the pin says Vertimon. Okay. So it, 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 I'm not sure if it's a little subdivision or a housing development. Um, it looks pretty, I'm looking at the map here for, for those of you that are just listening. Um, and it looks pretty delineated um, present day. It, it is right adjacent to what is California State University, San Bernardino. It is to the northeast of the 215. Um, and it looks like, I'm zooming in on the satellite, uh, a housing area. housing area here adjacent to uh looks like the water department who knows if that was there in 1930 and again um we don't know it just says he was walking on the highway so maybe he was walking on the 215 that's the closest highway that i see um we don't have any clothing description or anything like that uh, probably going to be hard to find unless we look at some other missing missing people from 1930. Uh, it's always hard because just because a person was found in one state or one city, people automatically assume that they have to be missing from there or they live there. Um, but it could they could be on vacation. They could be um, a transient type person you know, going from one location to another. And we just don't, we just don't know. One would hope that in San Bernardino or near this Vertimont, if a family member reported someone missing, and then you have this body that turns up, right? Uh, they would put two and two together. But sometimes, uh, you know, we're talking about very old, probably paper communication systems back at that time. And they may not they may not put it together. I'm looking at this, I don't know what this devil, 
Devil's Canyon, it says percolation basin, basin. So maybe the water comes out from there. Not very certain. So I'm just going to do a quick look for, this is October of 1930. So I'm going to get out of this case. And I'm going to see what we can find in the missing persons database and see if we can do 19, I think it goes, it goes to 1875 and we'll go to 1931. We got nine. Okay. And it said he was believed to be 60 years of age. So we're just looking here. I'm just trying to sort the states. Okay. So we've got the only one that, well, I'm, I don't want to make an assumption about somebody's age here, but the only one that could be closed is this. We have a Marvin Clark here from Tigard or Tigard, Multnomah, Oregon. Let's look at what the circumstances. Well, he's got a mustache. I'm looking at his photo. Hmm. Interesting. Documenting the disappearance. That is interesting. Let's see what his... When he took a motor stage to Portland. Oh, that's just crazy. Oh, that was 1926. Well, he could be in a different location. When he took a motor stage, motor stage to Portland to presumably visit his daughter. He never arrived at a residence. He was reported missing. He was partially paralyzed on his right side and said to have a halting gait. Clark had lived in Tigard, Tigard for approximately 15 years. He was also the old town marshal from Linton, Oregon, and knew the area above St. Helens Highway very well. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Interesting. I am, let's see who else we have. That he's 69 there, a little bit probably older, but he looks kind of young in the photo. We just don't know. And the next one is a gentleman also from Portland, Multnomah. That was, so one is um, Marvin is from Tiga. There's a lot of uh, Multnomah uh, in the early years. That's interesting. What's up with that one? Okay, this guy's 44, so... Um, he was last heard from in 1920 and it says the family believes he's been missing since 1920, uh, height, weight, date, last seen or all approximate. Well, that's crazy. Okay. So we don't really have anything on Sigmund. Let's go back to Marvin here. See if we have any, we don't have any eye color. Dark suit, wire-rimmed, glasses known to wear leather, high-tops, boots, walked with limp, might have a cane. Okay, so I want to just go back and see if I can pull the page up without, yeah, so trying to look at that photo. Hmm. I don't know. He's got a big mustache. He's got a big mustache. And, um... Yeah. Okay. Mr. Tiger, I was trying to go back to that, uh, or the Tiger gentleman, uh, Mr. Clark, 
Who knows? We don't know. Okay, so we've got um, four potential possibles. Okay, I don't know what we can do here to solve this case, except if we have a police report from way back in the day that somebody was missing somewhere. Uh, again, we're getting uh, more cases added to the NamUs database. Um, as you see that more agencies are finding old reports and they're coming online. Well, the same thing exists with missing persons too. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have all seen the the TV shows and the commentary about um, how in the past missing persons weren't taken seriously potentially. So maybe we don't even have reports to try to figure out uh, where this gentleman came from. And, and hopefully um, he wasn't overlooked as being missing from that community. So that means um, maybe he got reported somewhere else and we just don't know about it. So what can we do? Well, uh, this is where the genetic genealogy would definitely come into place. I want to thank you guys all for your support and, and ask you to like and share um, because that helps us move up in the algorithm and get noticed by more people. Uh, we've got various different funding avenues if you're interested in contributing in that way. And I also just wanted to ask you if you have a case in your town or a case that you feel needs help to be solved using genetic genealogy, please reach out to us and let us see what we can do for you to get these unknown humans identified and to help our law enforcement agencies and officers get this work done. Thank you, and I will see you next time. Have a good day.